we were having a good time. <laughs> and then the coach said, get in there, Aubrey. <laughs> it felt pretty good just sitting on the bench, if you will. So we truly thank God for you who are here. I'm Aubrey Smith, and I have the, the pleasure of being one of the elders here. And it's been um, a great joy getting to know more about you in this capacity. And in the process of doing so, it's amazing the kinds of things God have you praying over because you're exposed to a little bit more. And you experience a little bit more. And as you begin to have these experiences and, and you have so much more to pray about, you can't help but wonder, what is God really doing? I, I don't, and I don't know about you, and today I really do want to share with you, if you give me the first slide. I just want to share with you, be strong in the midst of troubles. And I do remember when I gave the, the, the coordinators the information or the subject, and I think I may have just simply said, trouble. And they probably was, I was having a good day that day. <laughs> <laughs> I was having a good day. And uh, since giving them the, the subject, I think I've had a few more encounters, and therefore I changed it a little bit. I made it plural, okay? <laughs> I, I made it plural. I made it plural. Um, but it's really been, it's been really good to know how even in the midst of our troubles, God has a word for us. And, and as I'm, I'm presenting to you today, I just want to share with you a, a couple of things that God was sharing with me. Now, it may not all be applicable to you, and I understand and appreciate that. But I would like to just simply share some of the things that he was sharing with me, not only in the midst of preparation, but also some things we've been going through. And how he began to illuminate some things that he desired to see in me in the midst of my own troubles. And I think many of us will agree that we have seen some troubles over the last, well, of late. Or even on a global basis. Paris. Egypt. Colorado. We've seen some troubles. But even in the midst of seeing those troubles on a global scale, I think we may have seen some a little bit closer to home. Some that's really personal, if you will. And they come in all shapes and sizes and some large and some small and some wide and some narrow. But at the end of the process, it leaves us just a little scarred, if you will. We feel the pain as a result of what we have encountered, of what we have experienced. And as we begin to process that problem or process that situation or deal with that matter, I don't know about you, but I more often than not... I try to deal with that all by myself. And God began to tell me, no, you're trying and I commend you for that. However, the buts, the therefore, what about? And those are the kinds of words God used when he wants to get my attention. And one of the things I really love is when I find myself in trouble and I find myself, I'm in over my own head. Because I've been trying to do it my way. I've been trying to solve the problem the way I want the problem solved. 
When I'm in too deep, and then and only then, I really throw up my hands and I begin to say, oh my, how did I get in this mess? And then sometimes I go so far as to answer myself, do you know how you're going to get out of this mess? And then I tell myself, no. Because I really don't. And so I want to share just a few thoughts with you, more topical, but reference a couple of Bible verses that I believe will help us today. It's really three points that I would desire very much to, to just bring to your attention. And I believe, in my own case now, I believe if I were to simply apply these three points when I'm going through my own personal troubles, I think my mindset is going to be much different than before. Because the troubles will come, and I understand and appreciate that, but it's the mindset that we have when we're trying to deal with the troubles. The hurts and the pain, the way we want to respond to that, that makes the difference. And God was trying to encourage me through this process. Aubrey, your way is not my way. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. And so therefore, Aubrey, if you're going to deal with this matter, if you're going to be able to overcome this matter and and still be whole, if you will, you're going to have to do it my way. I remember some time ago that uh, back in Cleveland, Ohio, we were going through uh, a process. And I had the the pleasure of being one of the, the leaders then. And I remember saying, oh, at least over and over, maybe 100,000 or so, if you want God's results, you got to do it God's way. Now, hear, hear that part now. There are results to be had. But the big, big question is, do you want God's results or do you want your results? Or do you want your friend's results? Do you want your parents' results? There are results to be had, but do you want the best results available to you? And I believe if you want those best results, family, you got to do it God's way. So God began to, to show me in these three points. Why am I experiencing these troubles? I tried to dress it up, but the reality of what he was telling me that I would say, how did I get here? (laughs) How did I get here? I mean, many of us, and I'm sorry, I sometimes think of myself more highly than I ought to. If that doesn't fit you, you don't have to put that shoe on and that's okay. But sometimes I think of myself more highly than I ought to. And I therefore find myself in a situation where I have to pause and say, how did I get here? What road did I take to get here? When did I go left when I should have gone right to get here? And then he showed me, okay, now that I'm here, I've, I've come to the reality. I am here. Now what am I going to do now that I'm here? I don't want to stay here. I've already concluded in my own mind, God, I want your results. And therefore, God, now that I'm here, what am I going to do now that I'm here? And he's going to show us there's some of the things he desires us to do. And lastly, remember the Lord our God in the midst of your troubles. In the process of going through, don't forget who you are or who we are in Christ. He got plans for us. 
And I'll be honest with you, my heart really desired to just jump straight to that point and start talking to you. But, but I don't think he's going to let me do that and not with me. I'll be in trouble again. Okay? So bear with me for a couple of slides or so or a couple of points because it's crucial because it's laying the foundation of where we ought to start. All right? So as he was talking to me, he said, Aubrey, you're generally experiencing what you are experiencing for two major reasons. Two major reasons. This is for me now. He said, Aubrey, you have a tendency to want to make your own decisions. Now, don't y'all throw things at me because y'all have this perception that the elders do everything right. It's only by the grace of God that I have the opportunity to present myself to you. (laughs) But unfortunately, we don't always get it right. And he began to tell me, Aubrey, sometimes you have a tendency to want to make your own decisions. I didn't readily agree with God, I'll tell you that part. But he eventually brought me around to the realities that he was right. As usual. Secondly, he said, Aubrey, on occasion, you're going to experience some things because I want you to glorify me. Now, that was the part I was excited about. That first part, family, I really wasn't excited about it at all. But I was excited to know that God said, hey, Aubrey, some of the things you're going to experience because I need to prepare you or enable you to do a work that you are not capable or qualified of doing right now. But if you were to go through this with me on the other side of this challenge, this situation, I'm going to, I'm going to be able to use you for my glory. Now, that part excited me. Now, but I got to bring you back to the first point before we get to the second point. I love asking God questions. I really do. I just enjoy. It's, it's not like I'm trying to trick God because I already know it's impossible. But I simply love asking him questions. Because I want to get God's response. And so when I find myself in these situations, I'm always asking questions. And the first answer he gave me in terms of my own decisions, I couldn't help but say, but what are you talking about, God? As if I didn't know. And God began to unfold a couple of scriptures to me that I think is crucial for us to understand. And, 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 and use these scriptures to encourage you, as they did me. To see that God wants us to bring and open our eyes to what is truth, to what is real, what he wants us to deal with in order to take us to a place he wants us to be. It's easy to jump over the more difficult parts of life, if you will, and it doesn't matter what it is, whether or not it is unemployment, it could be financial challenges, the children are going crazy. The spouse is doing their own things. You're looking for new housing or new homes for elderly parents. There could be any number of challenges in which we are going through. But God wanted me to pause on this major point first and foremost. Is that Aubrey, in the, process of, in the process of doing your own thing, what you're trying to do, you're really sowing to your flesh. 
what, what, what do you mean sowing to my flesh? He began to unfold the scripture saying, look, there is a way that seemed right unto man, but the end thereof is destruction, Albert. When you find yourself trying to do what you want to do, the problem with that is that you are simply obeying your flesh. They're at war with one another. They're, they're working in contrary to one another. When I desire to do good, I find myself doing bad. And those things I desire to do, I do not. Why? Because the flesh is warring against my spirit. And God is saying, Aubrey, when you find yourself in that war, you have a decision to make. Do it your way. That is, succumb to what the flesh is telling you. Do what it is the flesh wants you to do. Or, Aubrey, you can begin to do what I'm telling you to do. You can follow my instructions and follow my direction. So I said, okay, God, there's a war going on. In the midst of this war, I got a side to choose or to take. Either I'm going to take the Lord's side or I'm going to take my own side. But we don't belong to ourselves. We belong to God. Therefore, we ought to find ourselves, sisters and brothers, doing what God tells us to do. So that scripture was good, but uh, of course I had more questions for God. (laughs) And I really thought God was talking to me a little bit loudly uh, on slide six. I really thought he was talking to me a little loudly because of the words that the scriptures unfold. Be not deceived. God cannot be mocked. Of course, I threw up my hands and man, God, I wasn't trying to mock you. What are you talking about? But God is not mocked. Whatsoever we sow, brothers and sisters, we're going to reap it. If we sow to our flesh, we're going to reap destruction. It's not me saying it. God is saying this is what's going to happen. It's not a maybe. It's it's not conditional. It's going to happen. If God said it's going to happen, brothers and sisters, it's going to happen. And he wanted to encourage me to move away from that. All but there are consequences to your action. And if you sow to your flesh, you're going to reap destruction. (laughs) I don't know about you, but on occasion... I try to look at circumstances and situation from others' perspective. It's almost like I'm not pointing at them, but I'm saying, what about them? Is that just me in that scenario? I'm not, I'm not really talking about them, but I'm saying, if you will, what about them? And but God wanted me to see, Aubrey, what I'm telling you is really not just about you. Now, y'all won't like this. But I felt good when he told me that. <laughs> I, felt, I, I, I felt bad for you, for the rest of the people, but I felt good knowing I wasn't the only one. And, and as a result of that, I really felt just a little bit more comfortable telling you my woes, telling you my predicament. James 1.14 tells us, but every man is tempted when he's drawn away in his own lust and enticed. 15 tells us, and then when the lust has conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, it brings forth death. I said, God, you just told me that in the other verse. But I, I think he was saying, Aubrey, just as your mother told you when you were a little boy, you have a hard head, and you don't always listen. My wife would tell you, Aubrey, you are so stubborn. 
And so I began, those things began to resonate me. And then I began to see why God was, if you will, showing me the same scriptural text or context because he wanted to reemphasize the fact, Aubrey, sin will bring forth death. And I want to get you beyond that point. I want to get you beyond you being in a predicament where death is your imminent consequence or result. And I don't mean a physical death, sisters and brothers. Our effectiveness in our worship, our effectiveness in, in glorify God, our effectiveness in terms of worshiping him, our effectiveness in terms of, 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 of blessing others in his name. I don't really know why 1 John 2.16 was, I wouldn't say my favorite verse, but it was a very enlightening verse for me for a long time. Because I really think it spoke to, to some degree, who I was. And the fact that I desired to glorify God, God knew there would always be a war going on. 1 John 2.16, for all that is of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not the Father, but is of the world. And I said, but Lord, how, how, what was the application? The application was the enemy will try to come against us, sisters and brothers. And, and, and what he wants to appeal to is the flesh. What is his inroads? First and foremost, it's through our eyes. When I see certain things and, 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 and looking through magazines or looking at vacation, I want that vacation. I look at car magazines. I want that car. Now, the question now becomes, what am I going to do to get it? Our eyes create a desire. It creates a, a want. And as a result of what we see with our eyes, we start trying to figure out how we can get it. Our flesh, our flesh begin to lust after that thing. And then we try to make all kinds of preparation to get it. Save a little bit here. Put a little bit back there. How do we get a new place for, for mom and grandmom to live in? All kinds of things are going. We are trying to make happen. And God is in. But is this what I want for you? Is this what I want for them? And then we have to pause and, and take a step back. I said, okay, Lord, I hear you. I hear you. I recognize sometime I will do things in according to my own desire. And God is saying, stop. Enough. Follow me. Follow me. Then the other side of that, that coin for me is, and this is the part I really loved, family, so that is the, the realities. We got to get beyond our flesh. We do. We got to bring it under subjection to the power and the authority of God. We do. But I love the fact that God also, and I, I really believe he was showing me this to try to uh, patch me up or, or, or to heal me a little bit or comfort me a little bit after taking me through several. I only showed you four of them, but after taking me through several scriptures like that, I believe God began to show me these other two verses because he wanted to ensure that, he, that I knew, Aubrey, Aubrey, I still love you. Yeah. 
over I still love you in the midst of, of, of sparing not the rod. I still love you. In the midst of your chastisement, I still love you. So then he began to encourage my heart. And the second part is sometimes I think we experience what we experience because God want us to be, want to use us to glorify him. And I fundamentally believe that God has big plans for us. John 9, 1 through 3 says, And he went along and he saw a blind man from birth. His disciple asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? You, you remember that story. And Jesus, in, in, his, in his infinite wisdom, looked at him and said, No, neither. Neither have sinned. So sometimes we experience things not because we're sin, once again, but because God wants to use us to glorify him. And then you tell him, Jesus, neither the man or his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the work of God may be displayed in him. So God has big plans for us. Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declared the Lord, plan to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So even in the midst of, of what we desire to do, God has said, from the foundation of the world, I know you. From the end of time, I know you. And I know I have a plan for you. And that plan in quite means we have some things that God wants us to do, again, that we cannot do today. We're not capable of doing today. We don't potentially have the knowledge. We don't have the ability. Don't have the wisdom. And God said, look, I know the plan, but I got to put you in a position sometime or allow some things to occur sometime in order for you to draw nigh unto me so I can draw nigh unto you. That is, so you can sit at my feet so I can pour into you. Why? Because I need him to pour into me that when I'm doing this work that I really don't qualify, feel qualified to do anyway, I'm encouraged to keep doing it because I know it's not for my glory. It's not for my benefit. It's not for my purpose. God is saying, I have a work for you to do. I'm going to enable you to do it in order for you to do it effectively. Sometimes we're hindered by that part because we want to determine what the results or the outcome should be. God is beginning to teach me the outcome is not mine to worry about. I can't control the outcome. At the end of the day, all he wants me to do is simply obey what he's telling me to do. And at the process of obeying, God will have the last say. The outcome of whatever I'm doing because I obey, God will get the glory. When we get to a point that the work is to glorify us instead of glorifying God, it's problematic. It's problematic. Now, I know this may not be applicable to you. But every now and then, I hear these little imps telling me, Aubrey, it's okay for you to receive that kind of praise. Aubrey, it's okay for you to be recognized for this. No! No! When God called us to a work, hallelujah, when he calls us to a work, the best thing we could ever do is sit down. I'll be honest with you, I wish I could have sat right there and tell you what, and you get what I'm saying right now without me even opening my mouth. That's what I wish. 
I don't need the glory. I don't need to be propped up. God be glorified through me. In my infinite, in my small ability to do it, God be glorified. Be glorified. I love it when he was telling us in Ephesians 2.10. We are God's masterpiece. I said masterpiece? And God began to whisper, look how sweet and loving he is. Aubrey, you're not a reprint. Aubrey, hallelujah, you're not a knockoff. Aubrey, you are a masterpiece. Hear me now. Aubrey, you're not a forgery of any kind. Aubrey, you are a masterpiece. God knows in this sometime we're going to be dealing with a lot of different things. And he knows exactly where we are in terms of our own comfort. And that is in terms of our own what the word? The way we feel about ourselves. What word is that? You know, our own level of, of, of confidence. That's the word. Thank you. Our own level of confidence. And sometimes he has to pour into us at a point in certain words such that when we face this circumstance, he now have already encouraged us in such a way that those things, hallelujah, are coming against us. God is already there meeting the situation, meeting those circumstances. And say, Aubrey, though they are standing before you, know this, I am with you. I am with you. We're going to face the enemy. But we don't have to cower. I'm trying to control myself, family. If y'all just pray with me, I'll get through this. I'm telling you. I'm trying. Jesus. We're going to face the enemy, family. But I love the reality. We don't have to cower. Y'all right, might remember some time ago, as I was praying, Pastor D, Pastor D talked about surrendering, and Sister Jewel, and oh, help me, Lord God. And Sister Jewel and family started talking about raising the white flag. I began to pray over that thing. Oh, hallelujah. Help me now, Lord God. And God began to tell me, son, look at here. When you raise your right flag to surrender, you're not surrendering to the enemy. Help me now. Raise that white flag. Surrender your will unto God's will. Your thoughts to God's thoughts. Your obedience to God. Whatever God is saying, do it. Surrender. Raise the white flag. It's okay. Raise the white flag. We but, hallelujah, we don't have to throw in the towel. We don't have to throw in the towel of defeat. Because the enemy, though he might come against us, the Lord is standing there. Though he desired to destroy us, he cannot destroy us. Help me, God. Help me, God. Help me, God. Then God wanted me to know, Aubrey, you know, sometimes due to your hard-headedness, and Aubrey, sometimes because I want you to glorify me, when you find yourself in those situations, trouble, that is, Over there's a few things I want you to do. And I said, yes, Lord. 
And he began to tell me, Aubrey, I want you to run to me. Aubrey, I want you to run to me. I said, and it's not uncommon for us to find ourselves in troubling situations and we call everybody under the sun. We want to speak to everybody we know from Dr. Oz to Dr. Phil, but God is saying, Aubrey, I need you to run to me. Hebrew tries to encourage our heart. Let us then approach God's throne with grace and with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. I love the fact that it didn't try to enumerate what the need was or how big the need was. I love the fact that it is encouraging me regardless of the need, regardless of what size it is, regardless of how wide it is, regardless of how deep or how high it is. I want you to run to me so I can help you in the time of need. God said he wants to help me. Despite of what everybody around me want me to do or want to say, God is saying, I want to help you. I will meet your need. He also tell me, Aubrey, I want you to, I think this one's important. Thank you, Lord Jesus. (laughs) And once you get there, one of the things I want you to do, Aubrey, not all the time you've done anything wrong, I understand, but he said, Aubrey, Repent. Repent. First John 1 John 1.9. It encourages us that if we confess our sins, he was faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, and he will cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. In the process of cleansing us of that unrighteousness, that fellowship and that reunion is restored. And such that, not that God moved, God is in the entire universe. God cannot go anywhere. We don't need to send him anywhere because he's already there. He feels the world. Therefore, I have moved. I've taken a new position. And God is saying, Aubrey, I want you to repent. Come back to me, Aubrey. Turn your faith, hallelujah, back to me, Aubrey. He wants to restore us back to himself. And then he said, after you do that, Aubrey, learn to give thanks. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 tells us to give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. Oh, I know we don't like what we're going through. I understand that perfectly. I'm your brother and your sister. I bleed just like you bleed. I hurt just like you hurt. I pay bills just like you pay bills. Therefore, I know just like you don't like the hurt, I don't like the hurt. But sometimes God has to take us through some stuff. He has to expose us to some stuff that will hurt us. In the process of hurting us, he's actually healing us. I know that's a contradiction in terms in most of our mind. Sometimes we got to be bruised to be healed. We have to be broken to be put back together or fixed. And he wants to fix us. Such that we're thinking about what he wants compared to what we want. We're willing to go when he say go as opposed to when it's convenient for us to go. Are you following me? Give thanks. Oh man. I, I love this one. Psalms 139, 14. Because it's all about praise, man. Y'all go crazy when it's praise time up in here. I don't know if y'all looked at y'all selves. <laughs> but y'all go crazy doing praise time. <laughs> I love some praise. I really do. 
God knew, um, you know, if I had one of those singing boys like Dr. Jewel, you know, I don't know what I would do, tell the truth. She'd probably be kicking me off stage every Sunday. Aubrey, Aubrey, you next week. Get down. I, I, look, I'll be volunteered every Sunday. for. I'm available. I'm available. I'm available. <laughs> but God, but, so, so God knew what he was doing. When he didn't give, us, give some of us certain, certain talents because of the way we are made. It just so happened I grew up unbelievably poor and, and I'm so grateful for all God has done for me. When sometimes I just think about his goodness and it sets my soul on fire. And when that happens, Dr. Dr. Jewel, I'm not always on, well, I'm never on tune, but I'm definitely not on tune then. <laughs> I'm not on tune. But God, he wants to encourage us. Even in the midst of our troubles. Hear me now. He's not talking about on the other side. He's saying even in the midst of it, praise me. Praise me. Praise me. God wants us to know that he's near. He's there. He's present. And when we begin to praise, we're ushered into his presence. And man, when we get into his presence, there's fullness of joy. Whatever I'm feeling, I don't quite feel anymore. Whatever mindset I have when I'm in the presence of God, I have a totally different mindset. When I desire to do it my way outside of the presence of God, when I'm in the presence of God, I can't help but kneel to God. Physically and spiritually. Praise him even in the midst of your trouble. And then, brothers and sisters, the third point was, even in the midst of your trouble, Remember our God. Remember our God. (laughs) Sometimes it's hard for us to do that. It's hard for us to see God in the midst of what we're going through. But God tells us in Hebrews 12 and 1, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us throw off everything that hinder the sin that so easily entangle us. You can finish reading that verse. But God began to minister to me through that. He began to show me that, Aubrey, in the midst of what you're going through, reflect on me in a new and different kind of way. Look at all the the, the great cloud of witnesses that have gone before you. Look at their experience and look what I did for them in the midst of it. You remember the lady that had had a a bleeding disorder for about 12 years. You remember her. I think it was 12 years. Help me if that's wrong, somebody. All right. And and as a result of that, she knew if if I could just touch the hem of, of his garment, Jesus' garment. And when that happened, that lady was made whole. So even in the midst of her trouble, look how long it was when she eventually got to the point of touching the hem of Jesus' garment. She was made whole. You might even remember Moses. Can you imagine now leading a group of people from one country and now facing a Red Sea and facing an army and the people are murmuring, saying, was there not enough graves back in Egypt for us? And now you brought us out here to die. And when Moses looked at the Red Sea, looked at the people, 
I think Moses said, oops, I'm in trouble. But when Moses began to talk to God, God told him what to do. And what did Moses do? He stretched forth that rod and the wind came, the east wind, dried it out. I mean, it wasn't soggy and muddy. The Bible said it was dry. So God has already demonstrated to us, when people are in trouble, they will call on me and notice the result that they get. Look what happened to them. There was an army guy by the name of Gideon. You might remember him. Started off with about 32,000 men, if I got that number correct. Y'all help me on the numbers now, okay? About 32,000 or so. And, 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 and fighting up the Midianites. It was a big, big war he got, had going on. And then God said, that's too many. That's too many. Because God knows who we are. And sometimes because of, of the numbers, we will get some glory ourselves. He took it down to 300. And even in the midst of the 300, he therefore used some unorthodox weapons to defeat the Midianite. It wasn't with bow and arrows and, and, and uh, whatever weaponry they used in that day. It was just lanterns and pitchers and, and trumpets. Who wins a war with that? But with 300 men, Gideon was able to defeat a large army of the Midianites. All because he was willing to submit himself to God. There's another one by the name of Jesus. By the name of Jesus. Jesus told him, I didn't come to do my own will. I came to do the will of the Father who sent me. And so though you sped up on me, though you beat me, I'm going to yet call on the name of my God. And with every situation he found himself, he would always, hallelujah, look to heaven. He would look to heaven. He didn't look at the 12 for, for support. You know, I know it was one time he told them to pray with him for one hour. But Jesus would look to heaven. And he would look to his father because he knew at the end of the day, all authority and all power was in his father's hand. And therefore, even as he hung on the cross, he was still looking to the father. I think you're in trouble when you're hanging on a cross. But Jesus didn't throw in the towel. He still knew this is why I came. I came that we may have life. We being us now. Life and have life more abundantly. He came, he came to die in order for us to live. And all that we got to do is acknowledge that we're nothing more than sinners. And if we recognize that, confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, then we will be saved. So therefore, some of the troubles we find ourselves, they are short term. Hallelujah. They are not eternal now because one day he's going to come back for me. And in that very day, he's going to. Family of God. Oh, Jesus, help me. He loves us. And though we find ourselves in situations that we don't think we deserve, God has a plan for us. Let's make sure we're walking in it. God bless you and God keep you.
says, Tyrus, please, you can't just hear that message and not give you an opportunity to respond. We have nine minutes. So I know the Spirit of God. I know what He, when He speaks, and I know He's spoken to you today. So what I want you to do is take time To respond out of your spirit, not to respond out of your flesh. Today, as a demonstration of you agreeing with the word that's come forth, I want to give you an opportunity to respond. You only know what troubles you are in. Your spirit knows. And the spirit of God knows. Whatever that thing is. What trouble you're in right now. As a declaration to God the Father. And as a declaration to the Son. In obedience to the Holy Spirit. I want you to stand. And if it, doesn't, if it doesn't apply to you, don't stand. But if it applies to you, stand in faith and saying, Today, the line is drawn. I will take my troubles to the Lord. I will not take my troubles to someone else to gossip. I will not take my troubles to someone to talk about so that they can feel good about my troubles I will take my troubles to the Lord where my help comes from my help comes from Him it's only Him because your friends can't get you out your junk you can't get you out your junk only God can so at this time If you want to stand and declare, today, God, I draw the line in the sand, and I'll pray for you. And I'll pray for myself, because I'm I'm, I'm with you. I'm no bigger than you are. I'm in the same boat that you're in. We are all in this sinking ship that's full of sin, called the earth and the world. And we all need someone to help us out. So at this time, if that's you... You know what that problem is, that, pro- that, that struggle, that, that, that thing that easily besets you, that, that holds over your head. At this time, just stand. standing one of the points that he made to you that first john chapter 1 verse 9 said if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness you have to repent i have to repent repent doesn't mean change your behavior repent means changing your mind Changing your mind means that you are transforming your thinking from one stinking thinking to glorious thinking. 
Allow God's word to be that permeating thing that's, that helps you to become what God wants you to become. You can't change you because if you were to change you, you would have changed you already. I can't change me. So just repent. It's just simple as God forgive me. Forgive me God. Forgive me for trusting in my flesh. Because my flesh wants what is contrary to the spirit. But the spirit wants what is contrary to the flesh. And ask for help. And you see just ask for help. God help me. I don't know what to do. Help me. Help me. And the third thing that he wants you to do is just do this. Know that God loves you. Know that he loves us. He cleanses and purifies us because he loves us. He doesn't want us to stay in that position of where we are. Because sin is blinding. It makes you stupid thinking. It blinds your mind. So just thank him. God, thank you for your plan for me. Thank you for your plan for my life. Thank you for your plan. So Father, thank you for the word today. It's a relevant word. We all need to hear it. We all need to be reminded that we can't walk in our flesh and expect to get spiritual results. We got to walk in the spirit in order to get spiritual results. We can't live by our emotions or our own will, not my will, but your will be done, Jesus. So Lord, let us look within ourselves, look at ourselves and not the person beside us, but look at ourselves. seek your help and Lord we won't just say thank you we won't say thank you thank you for what you're doing in us we're still a people who need a savior we're still a people who need help we thank you that you are here with us helping us so as a declaration of our thanks What I want to ask you to do is just clap your hands to the Lord, all you people, and celebrate and praise. And thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Elder, good word today. Good word today. Amen. Amen. Hey, give him praise. That's good. Good word. As you continue to um, celebrate Thanksgiving, continue to um, thank God for the word that he gives us to transform our lives, to help us to be all that we can be. Because without him, we can't do anything. But with him, we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. We need his strength in order for us to go from one season to the next, from glory to glory. Amen. So as you go home today, um, love on each other. Let's continue to love on each other, family. Because we're going to need each other in these last and evil days. Amen. Need to be in community. In community. And um, next Sunday we will be having our um, 
last CE class, so I want to remind you guys of that. Next Sunday is our CE class, so finish strong, whatever class you're in. Go back to that class on next Sunday. Uh, it's the last class. If you want to have a party, have a party. Uh, just to hang with one another and love on each other through that last class. And so let's continue to celebrate and love on each other as we continue to go throughout this year. Amen. God bless you and have a good rest of the day. You're dismissed.